2: This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression, and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, We will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode.
0: Welcome back to the Leaving Eden Podcast. My name is Gabrielle Ha-Cohen and
2: Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter.
0: And we are here to talk about Sadie's life in the independent fundamental Baptist cult. We are here to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, and freedom of religion. And today, we are here to do the second part of our overview of probably the most famous fundamentalist family that there is, the Duggars. So if you haven't listened to the first part, go and listen to the first part, uh, because otherwise none of this will make sense.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, The Duggar family is especially interesting to me because I often use them to introduce my own story. If people don't know much about American fundamental Christianity, they still likely have at least a vague concept of who the Duggars are, uh, because they'll show up on People magazine at the grocery store checkout. Uh, or you know, if you have entertainment news on while you make dinner, uh, you might hear their name. So the Duggars and the way that I was raised are very similar in some ways, although very different in other ways. Because of the similarities, though, they serve as a really convenient touchstone or jumping off point for my story.
0: Yeah. And so this stuff is kind of interesting to me. Because how, like, every episode I say, oh, uh, these fundamentalist type groups, uh, like cults and stuff, uh, are a danger to society as a whole. Like, this is a perfect example of this stuff leaking into mainstream culture. And while it's easy to sort of gawk at them because you know, they, they are a bit out there. Like There really is something more nefarious that is going on here and something more consequential that's going on here. But before we get into that, I would just like to say that if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. And uh, we highly recommend that you go back and listen to our five-part First Family of Fundamentalism series, because that gives a lot of information and and backstory. So if you enjoy the show and if you support it, um, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast. Uh, you can recommend this show to your family, your friends, your uh, co-workers. If you want to have uh, more discussion on these topics on this show, you can head over to our Facebook group, which is titled Eden Exodus. Um, you know, every little thing you do helps. Sadie, would you like to give us just a quick summary of what we talked about last time?
2: Sure. So in part one, we talked about the Duggar family in general, how they rose to fame, their 19 children, all of whose names begin with the letter J. And then we ended with a conversation about some very controversial child-rearing tactics that the Duggars most likely used on their children and definitely promoted online before they were called out for that. Um, We kind of dissected the blanket training and the Pearl Method. And, and talked about how the there are similarities and differences between that and what the IFB specifically uh, would suggest for child rearing. Here in part two, uh, we are going to talk about the biggest Duggar scandal, which is actually really it's more like two or three scandals in very quick succession, depending on how you count things. Uh, and we are also going to catch up on where some of the Duggar kids have ended up, which ones have, uh, you know, left Eden, so to speak.
0: <laughs> Is that where our name comes from?
2: Uh, no, other way around. I was applying our name to the, the concept of the Duggars.
0: Oh, okay, 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 okay. I like what you did there. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's get to it.
2: All right. So the Duggar family, like we said before, was discovered and made famous because of uh, a failed United States Senate run on the part of Jim Bob Duggar, the father, whose name you're a big fan of. <laughs> Uh, Jim Bob was actually in the Arkansas House of Representatives before leaving that position to make the United States Senate run. The family is notoriously like super politically active, uh, both before and after fame. They have been well known for attending political rallies. Uh, and they always rally for conservative or right wing Candidates.
0: Okay, but that seems about on par for like Christian fundamentalists.
2: Yep, sure is. So the oldest Duggar, Josh, uh, went to Washington, D.C. in 2013 to take a job with the Family Research Council. Now, I promised you some weird fundy connections, um, and here they are. I looked up the Family Research Council, and unsurprisingly, it's a lobbying group in, in Washington, D.C. It's got close connections to focus on the family. Uh, it has sh- some shared board members with focus on the family, including, quote-unquote, Dr. Uh, James Dobson, who is not a doctor of anything, who has been on the board of the Family Research Council in the past.
0: Okay, but this seems kind of like it's on par for, uh, like, Washington D.C. That's par for the course. All of these think tanks and and media groups and lobbying groups, they're all basically just a bunch of revolving doors for each other.
2: Yep, totally agree. Um, The interesting tidbit that I turned up was, uh, guess which family has been one of the top donors to the Family Research Council for almost 40 years now? The Duggars? No, they're spending all their money on having more babies. Uh, I'm referring to the DeVos family. (laughs) As in... Betsy Voss, who we spoke about in the ACE episode.
0: Oh, you mean the soon-to-be former Secretary of Education?
2: Yes. So her relatives. And I know that the family is really rich and really politically active, and that this shouldn't be that surprising to me. It was really interesting that like two episodes so close together—I think these will air a month apart— The ACE episode and then also this episode that I turned up the DeVos family's political activism with like – and this isn't like any kind of breaking news. This is – this was – real easy to find.
0: Yeah, like they're they're known to be involved with this. So the DeVos uh family uh, and most notably Betsy DeVos the the soon to be former Secretary of Education. We're talking about uh, a few weeks ago in our episode titled The Loch Ness Monster is Actually a Dinosaur. <laughs> um Yes. Yeah, something like that. The DeVos family is also the same people who have put uh, been pushing these uh ACE uh Charter schools, which require government grants and school vouchers to stay open, and the Duggars use ACE to homeschool their kids. And ACE, for those that that don't remember, is the Christian homeschooling and like charter school curriculum that Sadie was educated by, um, and they taught her that uh, apartheid in South Africa was good.
2: Yeah, I was going to say some air quotes around educated by. Yeah, so <laughs>
0: like the, the the Department of Education is pushing for these. Or was pushing for these you know these school voucher programs and then this is what they're teaching and then they're also the people that are running the department are also involved in the it's it's very like a uh, 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 everybody's got their hands in each other's pockets at the same time kind of thing
2: right and I'm not. I'm not, you know, calling conspiracy or like, I don't know if this stuff is legal. I assume that it's at least, you know, gray area, mostly legal. And I don't think this is like some kind of big conspiracy theory or whatever. Although it is possible that the Duggars keep ACE in business with all the books that they buy, because that's a lot of kids.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot of kids.
2: (laughs) But no, it's really interesting to me that the Duggars are super connected to the IBLP, which we talked about last time, uh, Institute of Basic Life Principles is considerably more strict and more evil, in my opinion, than the IFB at large, Uh, which is really saying something. (laughs) Uh, But it's interesting that the Duggars are so high up in that world, but they are also, uh, you know, one connection away from the DeVos family and James Dobson through this lobbying group. And what surprised me is not that this connection exists, because of course it exists. What surprised me is how easy this was to find. Like, I'm... I like to play journalist when I do these these episodes and I really, really enjoy it, but I'm like not. I'm just like a dude with a computer. I feel like the hands of American Christian evangelicalism are so apparent all over this kind of thing. You take literally three seconds and you find it. And I and it blows my mind that more people don't understand that these things are so blatantly connected.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is something that drives me up the f- wall yeah so do you know what the number one most popular anti-semitic uh like conspiracy theory like that narrative in the world is
2: so i'm going to take a wild guess uh and say that it's the the jews control the banks and, and control the world leaders thing
0: yeah and you'd be right like the the conspiracy theory, like the anti-Semitic, racist conspiracy theory is that Jewish interests are overrepresented in culture, overrepresented in media, overrepresented in politics because of the undue influence of Jewish money. But look at this here, like right out in the open, we've got absolute fringe of batshit insane fringe, Christian fundamentalists who want women to be literal baby factories and nothing else. Having what I see, and you know, I'm sure you as well, what I see is having extremely outsized, like outsized influence on the government. Anti-Semites talk about like, oh, there's a Jewish cabal pulling all the international strings of government. Like this is literally a Christian fundamentalist cult cabal pulling the strings of the US government right out in the open.
2: I mean, that's what's freaky to me. This
0: is ridiculous.
2: Like that's what that's what freaks me out, is that it's it's that it's so out in the open and that we still have people who will, number one, deny that Christians are represented in politics and government. There are people who will go on about the war on Christians and the war on Christianity when it takes literally five minutes to find that that's not true, that that, that Christians have tons of control in the government. And then like there are other people, sometimes the same people, who will dispel this like, anti-Semitic bs about jews somehow controlling everything when yeah. two seconds of research on government websites and like you know websites that are required to tell the truth we'll, we'll just We'll take that notion away. Oh my
0: God. Yeah, like, I mean, any study of the Reagan years, the Reagan administration will show you that uh, focus on the family was hugely influential, but like focus on the family, you know, is is extremely uh, religiously and like politically conservative and like definitely exercises outside influence on uh, American politics and does so in a way that like despite their relatively small number of supporters, there are many places that are like forced to live by these policies on a national scale because some nutcases, like the Duggars in Arkansas, think a certain way. Like It's completely infuriating if you're not a Christian fundamentalist and you're tired of every election being a question of whether or not you're going to be force-fed these fundy shit sandwich for the next four
2: years. So back to Josh Duggar. Yes,
0: yeah, so let's go back to Josh Duggar because this is...
2: Well uh this is this is gonna get a bit a bit dirty. Um while he's working in Washington DC, things start to get interesting. So in two thousand fifteen okay, well a lot happens. So first Michelle Duggar draws a lot of ire on the internet because she records a robo call. Oh, f-
0: this lady already you had me at robocall like i hope she steps on a lego every day when she gets out of bed in the morning
2: oh you should save your anger until i tell you what the robocall was about uh she records a robocall to support repealing a trans rights bill in a nearby city there was a use whatever bathroom you identify with and feel safe safe in bill that was passed so she recorded a robocall trying to get it struck down which unfortunately worked
0: Yeah, so I just feel like it's important for us to say that on this podcast, we unequivocally support the rights of transgender people, and we believe that discrimination against the LGBTQ community is immoral and wrong and backwards.
2: You don't have to agree with us. Uh, but this is one thing that I am not going to uh, hide my opinions about or be quiet about in any way.
0: No, we, we, you should. This is
2: this is like there are things that I kind of soften my words on for this podcast, and this is not one of them. Uh, we support, love, and believe trans people, as well as supporting the entire LGBTQ com- LGBTQ community. I'm getting too mad to talk, right? So Michelle gets in quite a bit of hot water for this, deservedly, and uh, TLC has had about enough of it. So there are petitions circulating to cancel 19 Kids and Counting.
0: But this is the sort of thing that like reactionaries will glom onto and be like, why are you making me the victim for exercising my religion?
2: Preventing someone else from doing something is not exercising your religion, folks. Preventing, preventing yourself from doing that thing is exercising your religion.
0: So like we talked about this in our episode that was all about anti-Semitism, where there's a lot of Christians that feel like one of the central pillars of their faith, of their religion, is to... Like, teach them to be galactic buttholes, and if you ever say anything bad about the galactic nature of their butthole practices, <laughs> then that means you're, like, infringing on their freedom of religion or something. I don't know. Like, you're free to make hateful robocalls if you want, and I am free to tell you to your face that Transylvanian hippopotamus sepsis.
2: Okay, then. I I was just going to say that I happen to think it's possible to be a Christian without being a galactic butthole. And and if somebody, okay, listen, if somebody really believes that being trans is wrong or that it's a sin, I am not likely going to be able to change their mind on that in one podcast episode just because I don't believe that. But what I wanted to say is that you're not responsible for other people's actions. You're responsible for showing love and walking in love and peace. Uh, So uh, don't commit any hate crimes and also don't make transphobic robocalls because if you do that, you suck. Uh, so the scandal about Michelle's transphobic robocall was in full swing when the big one happened. So this is the Duggar version of Dave Hiles. Yeah. (laughs) You ready for this?
0: Yeah, man. Slap me in the face with this catfish.
2: Uh, Uh, this one has a, a CW for discussions of, uh, Child sexual assault. There's going to be Again. a little. I'm sorry. Yes. Again. Um. There's going to be a little bit also just like non-consensual sex and or sexual assault later on. For the purposes of this episode, it's an extended discussion. We are not going to get into any detail at all on this particular episode. So this one's, it's extended discussion, but it's mild. Uh, in May of 2015, it comes out that between the ages of 13 and 15, josh duggar molested five younger girls four of whom were his younger sisters uh the county sheriff was informed and they basically like they put josh in a police car and took him to the station it's like some kind of scared straight scenario but because jim bob and the sheriff were friends the sheriff didn't charge him with anything and jim bob and michelle decided not to press any charges and they like talked the girls into not pressing any charges against their brother
0: wait Okay, so was it was it Josh who was between the ages of, of 13 and 15, or was it the girls?
2: Oh, sorry. So Josh was between the ages of 13 and 15. The girls were ranging between like 5 and 11. We don't have... Ooh. Well, we don't have exact ages or an exact timeline, because only some of the victims have gone public and chosen to identify themselves. So, like, I was one of those people.
0: That's terrible.
2: So the family's take on this is that Josh was just too curious about girls, and that he was basically trying to educate himself at the time. Like I said, the the county sheriff helped them to cover it up and not to get CPS called, according to some people's version of the official story. Uh, Josh was sent to a Christian rehab center, and we're not going to get into this on this particular episode. But we, as far as we know, he was probably sent to Alert uh, or something similar. The, these are, are like christian teenage rehabs and it is similar to what you've ever heard in like a pray the gay way kind of scenario like you know where the people like re, gay re-education camps mm. what happened to him there is probably similar to what happened in him in, in a place like that um he was probably horribly abused
0: but like like so like four so four of the girls were his sisters yeah so like wouldn't, wouldn't Wouldn't the family have done something about it to like protect their own children?
2: They sent him to this like Christian boys boot camp rehab, whatever, for like three months so that Jesus could fix him. I mean, he probably did get the absolute beaten out of him at this rehab.
0: Okay. So like like, uh, if, if,
2: if he went to the place that the Internet thinks he went to
0: okay, so i want I want to back up a bit here because this is this is a lot of information all at once. so this this teenage kid, uh, he's he's uh, between the ages of thirteen, fifteen. He's a young teenager. So he's molesting younger girls. So how does he get caught? Like, so how does this story get
2: out? So according, uh, if you dig and dig and dig into some dugger forums, you're going to find this commenter who went by the name of Alice, who claimed to have inside information on all of this stuff.
0: So, this is, this is all like speculative. All
2: of, all of what Alice said is speculation. I'm going to stick closer to the original story for the purposes of this episode, like the official, like the Duggar family story and, and things that are more easily provable.
0: So we're trafficking in rumors right now. I just want to make that clear to everybody. This is th- yes. we trafficking rumors here. We're not well, going to No,
2: Like, so, so I'm sticking to like things that have been published, like in people magazine. Okay. Like things that have been been published, you know, uh, things that the Duggars have owned up to. There are rumors that go deeper and I'm letting people know where to find them if they are interested, because the, I think the rumors are credible, but I'm not going to depend on them for my episode.
0: Okay, that that's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair.
2: So according to the official story, Josh confessed to his parents because he felt guilty.
0: I'm gonna call bullshit that
2: I I figured you would say that this doesn't actually sound crazy to me. Really? Really? This is something that I've personally seen happen many, many times in the IFB. Uh, A kid is doing something that they know is quote unquote wrong, whether it's actually wrong or IFB wrong And that kid will voluntarily go tell their parents because they are so eaten up with guilt that they can't function. So go back to part one. We talked about having your spirit broken. I think you called it uh, Stockholm Syndrome parenting.
0: Yes, I did.
2: These children have had that done to them. And they've also been terrified of hell since the time they could talk. So they're afraid if they don't confess that they could go to hell. So if you feel guilty to that extent as a child, it eats you up. I don't know if that's a feeling that you would ever be familiar with as somebody who didn't grow up with like this like pervasive guilt and shame. No. Oh my god, is it is the most miserable. It is the most miserable feeling I could possibly describe. Mm-hmm. Um you ever get caught out in the rain and you get like really wet and cold and just like your clothes are sticking to you in a funny way and it's like your clothes aren't comfortable and you're freezing and you're hungry and like everything is bad. It feels like that feeling, but in your soul is, what I was, is where I was going with this. You feel that kind of guilt as a child. Uh, you can't sleep. You can't eat. Uh, you are completely tortured. It is the worst emotional feeling to be eaten up with that kind of guilt and shame as just a little kid who can't understand like where this guilt and shame is coming from. Mm. So you will eventually tell on yourself to get relief from that kind of emotional pain.
0: Josh is committing these acts, right? He's 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 a young teenager, right? Right. Yeah. So he's he's presumably had very little, if any, sex education.
2: Uh probably zero, yeah.
0: He is definitely brought up in an extremely, you know, difficult environment. Like you know, we talked about in the last episode with these people literally beating their infant children with rubber hoses. I'm not going to go and say that this behavior from him is normal. And I'm not going to pretend like he didn't know what he was doing. But given the circumstances of his upbringing and like situation, it's not completely unexpected that something like this would happen. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, no, I I don't think you're completely off base here.
0: Yeah, and like it's it's the sort of thing like somebody like I don't think that it's the sort of thing that somebody should be like going to jail for like but it's and, and, and like you were saying the about the sheriff being involved. This is not the sort of thing where I feel like the sheriff should be involved like the police should be involved in general because it's like a, a kid. It's the sort of thing where they should, you know, be like getting him to a, a child psychologist, like getting him the therapy that he needs so that he can work out these issues, like what's going on here.
2: I, I think that's a, a very valid point. I mean, it's not that it's not that Josh did nothing wrong.
0: No, I'm I'm not saying that he because did nothing wrong.
2: I'm just saying like, not yeah yeah because he was old enough to know better and to know that what he was doing was wrong but uh children do things that they know is wrong like and and uh i know 13 to 15 is on the old side to refer to somebody as a child
0: i mean that there's like a sliding scale depending on maturity there isn't like a hard line of you're an adult now and like Suddenly, you're responsible for your like. For me, no.
2: See, no, I agree. And also, like thirteen to fifteen. Um, and this kid is also purposely developmentally stunted by his parents. To to my conclusion, would be the same as yours. I would not have wanted this kid sent away to juvie. Like I would have wanted him having twice weekly twice weekly meetings with a proper psychologist, uh, as well as his victims having help as well. That's the other thing. Like like we've talked about the the concept. In Christian fundamentalism, about men being unable to control their desires. And like, this is also purity culture. So, like, these girls have now had their psyche damaged by like purity culture and having this happen to them within purity culture. So, basically, everybody should have been in counseling and CPS should have been keeping an eye on this situation.
0: Yeah. This family takes these events that are happening as signs from God, maybe not as, as, punishments from god but like you know how they used birth control and then blamed that for the miscarriage and then they took that as a sign that they shouldn't use birth control and then and like that sent them on this whole like no birth control gotta have a million kids you know and never sleep tilt Mm -hmm. so you would think that like something as monumental as their young teenage son molesting five younger girls they would see this happen and think hmm maybe we ought to take a step back from this. Maybe we ought to have another look at the environment in which we are raising our children and how that might not be conducive to them growing up in a sound manner, because right now this is putting our kids in danger.
2: Unfortunately, no, because remember we talked about the belief that children have a sin nature. The Duggar parents uh, most likely just looked at this as like our child is a sinner, and because he's a sinner, he does bad things.
0: And once again, Christian fundamentalists declare institutional problems to be individual moral failings in order to protect the institution.
2: And also to protect the man in the situation.
0: Hey, but which man were they protecting? because Josh certainly wasn't being protected. I mean, this, I mean this guy's got psychological problems that he needs to have treated, and you know, he's going to this like Christian rehab boot camp thing, you know, and he's going to be the victim of, of, of uh, physical violence.
2: Uh, you don't have to worry about psychological problems if you don't believe in them, and also uh, they probably these people are assumed to believe that physical violence is good for children, based on the you know the blanket training and all of that. Ugh. But so you want to hold on. This story does get way worse, and and just the twists and turns in this one. Anyway, so this past abuse scandal breaks, and this is like something that's been like almost ten years past. And Josh comes out with a statement, and basically he's, what he says is to the effect of, I, I was young, I'm sorry, I've made my apologies, and I've been on the right path since then. Josh's wife, Anna, uh, who we talked about in the last episode, she makes a statement to say that she knew about this before they were married, which is interesting, and there's a lot of speculation about, did Jim Bob tell her, Did Jim, did Jim Bob tell her father, like, how did she know about this? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, She says that she knew about it before they were married. She says that she loves him and that Jesus has fixed him. Even Mike Huckabee comes out with a statement. Apparently, he was connected with Josh through the Family Research Council somehow. Uh, And Mike Huckabee says that Jesus has fixed Josh and that he's a good guy to work with.
0: Wait, so Mike Huckabee is like, he's the guy that ran for president all those times.
2: Yes, for some unexplainable reason. He felt like he was qualified to speak on this issue and he felt like his opinion was important.
0: Okay, well, you know what? This isn't the first time that I've seen Mike Huckabee intentionally associating himself with literal child molesters. Because if you go onto YouTube, you can find videos of him playing bass for Ted Nugent on Cat Scratch Fever.
2: Ew, f*** Ted Nugent. He's like one of the top non-IFB people that I hate.
0: Okay, you want to know something wild about Ted Nugent?
2: Probably not, but go ahead.
0: Okay, so Ted Nugent, and this is true, Ted Nugent legally adopted a teenage girl so that he could take her like with him over state lines and not have it be illegal because she was underage.
2: Oh, God, I always forget about that one. This guy is a Jack Scop level
0: Like, Have you ever heard his song, Jailbait?
2: I think once. I, I do try to avoid his music just as a matter of principle.
0: Okay, for anybody listening, Ted Nugent has a song called Jailbait that is literally about him having sex with a 13 year old girl. Like in the song, it specifies that the girl is 13 oh. years old. Like also at the end of the song, there's a line where he's offering to share this 13 year old girl with the police officer who is arresting no. him. No, 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 no. It's atrocious. And you can find videos of Mike Huckabee playing bass guitar with this guy on Cat Scratch Fever, which is also a very unchristian song.
2: Ugh, that is that is just gross.
0: Yeah.
2: Um so even with Mike Huckabee's ringing endorsement of Josh Duggar, advertisers start pulling out of 19 Kids and Counting very quickly. Uh the network stops airing reruns and then eventually they do cancel the final or the 11th season of 19 Kids and Counting. Uh the show depended on this like squeaky clean image and that image was just too tarnished by what Josh had done. The illusion of this perfect family was destroyed. So the show gets canceled and everybody's kind of trying to move on. And just a few months later,
1: oh, God.
2: the Ashley Madison credit card breach happens. you remember this?
0: Oh, I yeah. So Ashley, that was the dating website for, uh, the, 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 for like dating website for cheaters. Yeah. For like for having affairs.
2: Yes. Uh, so guess whose credit card was in the Ashley Madison breach?
0: Was it David Hiles?
2: You know what? Somebody, (laughs) please, we've got to have a listener with a Tor browser. Please, somebody check that. I was thinking, actually, though, Josh Duggar, who spent about $1,000 maintaining two different accounts, including once having paid a $250 guaranteed affair fee.
0: Wait, so if you pay $250, they guarantee that you will have an affair? Yes. That is an excellent value for money
2: i mean talking about value it's refundable so if you don't have the affair you get your money back that is really? that is, i mean yeah th- that is
0: you guys hear that this is an uh, this is an advertisement for no, ashley madison no. 250 dollars no. <laughs> no absolutely not this
2: is not an advertisement for ashley madison <laughs> um no but, but <laughs> this is a, this is a somebody look up David Hiles on on the breach. We might be on there. Who knows? Oh my God, I would be surprised if he wasn't. Uh, anyway,
0: he's probably on there eight times.
2: Well, Josh Duggar was on there twice. One of them had his real picture. One of them didn't. The sad thing was it here, him with a
0: mustache, him with a no, goatee.
2: It was no, it was just him looking like a Duggar.
0: No, I'm saying like like the fake one, the fake oh, one. No, is, the
2: fake one was the first thing that comes up when you Google random guy. I think. Or was at the time, uh, and it's a picture of a guy in a hate breed shirt, which I take personal offense to because I actually really like hate breed. Oh, um, hate! Do you know hate breed? No, hate breed is like a like a grind, not grindcore. Um, it's a hate is a is a metal band that's like a very very like rough and screamy sound, but they have the most like positive and uplifting lyrics.
0: Interesting.
2: Like their lyrics are like, "If I control myself, I control my destiny." Like it's oh, that just is like positive, yeah. It's like positive, uplifting stuff. It's just like in a really screamy voice with really dissonant music.
0: I was gonna say that um, that that Josh Duggar's uh, uh, Ashley Madison pick was him with like a mustache and a sombrero <laughs> named like
2: no, like the glasses that have the fake nose and the mustache on them.
0: Yeah, like uh, named like Jose Dugaro or something like that. <laughs> oh
2: my God, no. Uh, the sad thing.
0: I mean, what, what was Anthony Weiner's uh, fake online was it wasn't Carlos Danger?
2: The the sad thing is that, that his wife was currently pregnant when he was running around DC with his like Ashley Madison accounts and his fake okay cupid profile.
0: Okay, but to be fair, if it's anybody named Duggar, there's a 70% chance that their wife is currently pregnant.
2: Okay, this is legit. I but I do I feel bad for her because that's a terrible thing to have happen in a committed relationship. Like much less in, in her position. Like that's that's rough. Um, in that world, this is just about the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to her, like, yeah. in existence.
0: Josh Duggar is basically the Duggar's version of David Hiles.
2: Yeah. So the Ashley Madison breach happens, and Josh comes out with a statement that he's going to rehab again for his pornography addiction, which is how they decided to frame this. And Interesting, uh, interestingly enough, he ends up at a Reformers Unanimous home, which is strange for a couple of reasons. You go for it. Uh, the Duggars follow the IBLP, and that organization has facilities similar to Reformers Unanimous.
0: Okay, so what's Reformers Unanimous?
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, Reformers Unanimous is RU, is the kind of the common abbrevi- abbreviation. It's the IFB answer to Al Anon. Like it's a, it's an IFB faith-based addiction recovery program, and it's not directly descended. So it was not started at First Baptist Church of Hammond. It was started by this guy whose name I can't remember at the moment, who was a Hiles Anderson College graduate. And it has always been very, very closely tied to First Baptist Church of Hammond. Many churches in the IFB, specifically the Hiles Anderson camp of the IFB, have a Reformers Unanimous meeting, and it functions just like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I don't think they have 12 steps like the same way that Al-Anon does, but they have the same meeting-based addiction recovery structure, if that makes sense. Some large churches also have an RU home, which is a Reform home where homeless men and men who have any addiction can stay. Really big churches can also have a ladies' RU home. These homes keep their residents to a really strict schedule. So they get up at 5.30 in the morning, they do manual labor, they clean the facilities, they eat in the cafeteria, and they're allowed, like once they've been in the facility for a month or two and they've proven themselves, they're allowed to go work outside the facility. So it's basically just a really, really strict halfway house, but also make it IFB and add a lot of Bible reading. Oh, and I wanted to add before we get off the topic of RU homes, in Jack Scop's compassionate release petition, he talked about wanting to get out and help people. The way that he phrased that, most people who know him think that he was probably referencing wanting to work at this type of RU home because he will be a registered sex offender and he won't be allowed around children when he gets out of prison. Uh, people, most people who know the way he talks and people who like can kind of read IFB code speak, most of us think that he was referring to wanting to work at a RU home when he gets out of prison. So that's what RU is. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So let me, we're back to, back to Josh Duggar. I'm going to take a wild guess like about what happens next. And my guess is that he declares himself to be changed and saved and then gets accepted back in to the family and the church and his wife who he cheated on, you know, with with open arms.
2: That is pretty much the narrative of what happens.
0: And then he cheats on her with somebody else.
2: Yeah, except for He hasn't gotten caught cheating on Anna since they got back together when he got out of the RU home. The cheating scandal actually came up while he was still in the recoveries, while he was still in the RU home.
0: Was it something that happened when he was in the RU home or was it like? No. So
2: So it was before then. Yeah, it's just another thing that came out about his time in DC. Uh, So we're talking about, of course, uh, Dan. I'm not sure if it's Danica or Donica. I'm going to say Danica. Danica Dillon.
0: So is that the name of the woman that he cheated with?
2: Allegedly, yeah. So she is a porn star who had some performances at a strip club in Washington, D.C. At that club, she claims that she gave Josh Duggar $600 worth of lap dances uh, and that he invited her back to his hotel room. She said that he agreed to pay her $1,500 for sex, which she agreed to. And then he was extremely rough with her in a way that she did not consent to. And then in the end, he only paid her $1,000 instead of 1500 Then she says they met up on a different occasion for her to try to get that other $500 books out of him. He said he wanted – he said, oh, I want to apologize and give you my other $500. And they met up and he assaulted her. According to her, he assaulted her on that occasion as well. Yeah, Um here's where it gets this guy weird is not,
0: oh this guy is, is a scumbag
2: yeah and like this things get a little bit like wonky here um this tale is not unusual for sex workers to experience this is why i personally support decriminalizing sex work so that somebody who somebody who makes a deal and the deal goes bad and they get beat up by an owl can call for help and get justice
0: yeah, there's got to be recourse, like the, the right, positive. like
2: decriminalizing gives sex workers a a path to justice when bad things happen to them, uh, and they are people and they deserve that. Uh, anyway, in November 2015, uh, Danica Dillon sues Josh Duggar for five hundred thousand dollars in physical and emotional damages for this these two alleged assaults. So she says that she has incriminating photos of Josh. Uh, In the hotel room. And that she also has testimony from strip club employees like bartenders and barbacks, whatever, that will confirm that he was there at the strip club and that she left with him with intention to go to his hotel room. Josh Duggar says that he has an airtight alibi and that he has documents that prove she was lying. Doesn't mention what kind of documents that would be. There's a settlement. As part of the terms of the settlement... Um, according to online celebrity news sources, uh, Danica has to say that she lied and that it never happened. And then she also has to drop the suit and promise not to refile. But in return, Josh is not allowed to publish the supposed documents that supposedly show that Danica's lying. So according to the terms of the court settlement for an unknown amount of money, neither of them is allowed to show evidence. So that's like, that's where it gets real weird to me. And then Danica tweets on the day that the suit is dropped something along the lines of dropped doesn't mean it wasn't true.
0: Okay, so I'm inclined to believe Danica here and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, please do. Okay, so we all know that uh, Washington DC is the political capital of the US and as such, you know, everyone in the city works for the government, you know, they got to keep up an image. We also know that DC uh, as with every other major city has a bustling like sex work industry we know that powerful people especially powerful men have an appetite and we know that there have been many such cases in which prominent politicians and you know people who are politically active and you know who have been they've been brought down by this sort of indiscretion if you are going to be in the sex industry in DC and you want clients Confidentiality is a must. Like, if you go blabbing about this, your career is dead. You know, like, she would have zero reason to lie about this unless, you know, he had really done something bad.
2: I, I, think, it's, I think I know where you're going with this. So you're saying... That she risked her career to say this, and why would she risk her career if this wasn't true?
0: Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, because like you know, if you're going to be a, a, a sex worker and your clients are politicians, and they're like, oh, well, if I hire this person and this person, there's a possibility that the story will get out. They're going to not hire you. They're going to get somebody else. Yeah,
2: you're done getting hired. Yeah, you're done. That's a really good point, and I would like to add a couple other things that I noticed in this story. Uh number 1 she only sued for 500,000 which is just tiny. The first time I read the article I misread it and I thought it said 5 million and I still thought that was kind of a small suit. The fact that she only sued for $500,000, she wasn't Okay, so if she was like trying, okay, so you had just said that her career could be ended by the fact that she's bringing this lawsuit or exposing Josh Duggar at all. Yes. If that was the case, wouldn't she sue for an amount of money that could sustain her for the rest of her life? Like, if you knew that this was going to be the end of your career, maybe you would sue for an amount of money that would support you for the rest of your life. She didn't. She didn't even sue for five million. She sued for five hundred thousand, and I feel like that is an indication that maybe she was after a moral victory. Like, I wouldn't make up a story like that for five hundred thousand. And I, I do want to advise listeners, um, don't go searching up her story unless you're prepared for it. It is not the worst thing I've ever read by a long shot, but it is graphic violent and cruel. So do be careful. I did read it and I felt like there was a ring of truth that the details that she had are not something that would be easy to fabricate. The only way that I could see that this would be a lie is if it happened to her, but the perpetrator was somebody else, not Josh Duggar. She writes with a a confidence and a she writes with the 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 feeling of someone who has been through what she claims to have been through. And I don't know why it doesn't make sense to me that she would lie for five hundred thousand dollars. And why would she claim to have pictures and text messages if she didn't have anything? So those are the things that come to mind when I read her story. And on that note, I think it's time for us to go take up the offering. Uh, we'll we'll be back with uh, more Duggar content. that group is called Eden Exodus tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy the Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast and we really appreciate your support now, back to the show
0: okay, we are back uh, uh, to this show Um, and we were talking about uh, Josh Duggar and his uh, various uh,
2: illegal and and immoral
0: illegal, immoral uh, transgressions
2: yes So, uh, like we were talking about, Josh went to the RU home for months and this whole porn star scandal uh, came out while he was in the RU home. And I think he was in, I think he was in there for like nine months. Uh, He was a much longer stay. And then he eventually came home saying that Jesus fixed him. Uh, He now lives on his parents' property. They had like a barn type building and they converted it into a home for him and Anna and their now six children. Um. Now they have sex. Yeah. Then their the, the people are thinking that number seven might already be on the way or might be coming soon. Josh has earned a permanent nickname of sex pest because a British tabloid referred to him as that and it stuck. Uh, so if you see references to sex pest dugger, that's who it is, which I think is hilarious. And, and a lot of people think that that Josh lives on the Duggar family compound because Jim Bob doesn't trust him and wants to keep an eye on him and make sure he doesn't destroy the family reputation any further. Uh, 19 Kids and Counting, after it was canceled, it was rebranded as Counting On. So it's more of a focus on the older Duggar sisters as they marry and have children of their own. And Jim Bob and Michelle are more background. They like, they, they're the grandparents. They're not the focus of the show anymore.
0: But is Josh still in it or did they cut him out entirely?
2: TLC will not allow Josh to be on screen or in any episodes. Uh, His wife and children are, and people can mention him, but he can't be seen or heard on camera.
0: Okay, so they basically sidestepped all of the scandals and are sanitizing it by cutting out all of the people who are a bit skeezy?
2: I mean, more or less, um, there was a special where some of his sisters who were victims of the first scandal spoke to Megyn Kelly.
0: Okay, so I'm genuinely curious about what they had to say about that.
2: It seems like they were being pretty open. Um, They talked about how what he did was wrong, but they've chosen to forgive him and move on. Uh, The parents, Jim Bob and Michelle, also spoke on that same special. They were a lot more like... I don't know, avoidant about it.
0: Well, I mean, what would you expect them to be any different though? Because they're public figures. And so there's that sort of pressure on them. Plus, like they've made very specific choices in the wake of the scandal, and those choices definitely had fallout. So, like, that's not really something that you can back down from
2: right so and i think like the Duggar parents realized that their their reputation was permanently damaged and that there's nothing they're really going to be able to do about that except for let their older daughters have the show side note jim bob does apparently still control all of the money for counting on
0: well use the patriarch
2: yeah as well as re- as well as um you know royalties and and pay for 19 kids and county like reruns uh, and then he doles that out to his adult children, and if they don't do what he says, he doesn't give them give it to them. So that's fun.
0: Wait, 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 Okay, we'll go back to that later. Sorry.
2: <laughs> um, so the Duggars' youngest child. I'm kind of finished the chronological bit here. Uh, the Duggars' youngest child is now almost eleven. Uh, actually, by the time this releases, she will have turned eleven. The oldest daughter, Jana, still lives with the family. And I know we talked about parentification in in part one. The rumor is that Jana does most of the parenting for the remaining kids at home now, which makes uh, there's no way to prove it, but it makes a whole lot of sense. There are just constant rumors about who Jana might be courting, but so far she has never announced a formal courtship. Uh, there is this one guy who everybody thought was going to marry Jenna Duggar. And that is an interesting story for a couple of reasons. In late 2017, a mystery man started appearing in Duggar family Instagram posts. He's seen eating at restaurants with the family. He's seen at one of the youngest daughter's birthday party at the Duggar family house. And like by this point, I wasn't following the Duggars as closely because I had kind of moved out of the cult and was like in, like trying to you know heal and, and do better, so I didn't see this on the Duggar Instagram. I didn't see in magazines that started to speculate who this guy was and if he was potentially Jana's boyfriend. But I did know that this guy was hanging around the Duggars because I was friends with him on his private Instagram. Because it turns out the guy who was causing a major media frenzy and the most positive media attention that the Duggar family had gotten in years was actually somebody that I had known since he was about 14.
0: Okay, so I frequently make like Jewish geography jokes like we all know each other, but you guys actually all know each other.
2: Yeah, this is actually a really good example of that. So Caleb Williams is this guy's name. The media eventually tracked it down. Uh, And he is the grandson of a well-known IFB and IBLP pastor whose name is S.M. Davis.
0: So I honestly cannot imagine like trying to marry into this family.
2: Oh, weirdly, lots of people have. Well,
0: obviously, like, I mean, there's tons of these people and they all get married at 18 or 19.
2: A lot of them marry other people who are just as fundy as the Duggars themselves. Like they marry into other similar families who just have like eight or nine kids or don't happen to be as famous.
0: So it, I mean, it's like the purebloods in Harry Potter, like not, when you know when they were yeah. at the um at, at Sirius Black's house and they found the family tree on the wall and he's like, oh, you're literally related to everybody.
2: Yeah, that's that's not a bad analogy. So this dude Caleb and his brother Josh, they start posting on their personal Instagrams uh, a lot of Instagram pictures with Duggar kids. Like one that I remember specifically is some Duggar girls were giving him a haircut, and this is not. I have no confirmation for this. Based on what I saw on his personal Instagram, I think he was living on Duggar property somewhere. Like there are several side buildings and like additions onto the house, like like multiple little like mother-in-law suites and like that kind of thing around the Duggar house. The Duggars live in like the world's biggest McMansion. It's a really ugly house, <laughs> um, but I think Caleb and it's Josh an Williams. Case-less. You you should Google it. But I think Caleb and Josh were staying on the compound somewhere in one of their like side buildings i know that caleb was working for josh duggar and it's unclear like what he was specifically doing uh could have been oh my
0: god i just googled this house this thing is
2: it's it is hideous it is a truly hideous house yes this is
0: atrocious
2: no you're right Hold on art
0: like it's like this Semicircle. It, it needs. I feel like it should have a moat around it.
2: Yeah. Well, it it has like a five mile driveway, I hear, but I haven't confirmed that. It, anyway, Caleb and Josh, uh, or Caleb and Josh Williams, were working for Josh Duggar, um, probably selling used cars. Jim Bob gave Josh Duggar one of his used car dealerships to try to get him back on his feet. So we know that Caleb and Josh Williams were hanging with the Duggars a ton, and that they were trusted, like. Caleb was used to post pictures of of him holding the baby Duggar daughter Josie all the time, like cuddling with her on the couch. Like I've seen all of this on the on his Instagram photos. So we know that they had like a position of real trust within the Duggar family. Uh, but Caleb denied, denied, denied that he was ever dating or courting Jana. So like none of this is particularly weird yet.
0: Why? Why have they even got this guy around though?
2: Uh, he's
0: like I'm there? about
2: to get. He's just there, and I think but there is a reason for this. So th- this isn't weird yet where this gets weird is a few months later Caleb Williams is arrested for sexual assault against a minor in his home state of Illinois. Ah, uh, why again? Yeah.
0: I should have I I should have seen that coming. I'm oh.
2: To be honest, um every oh. This one was this one was difficult for me because I knew Caleb when he was a kid. Like a little kid, you know, like a young teen, like a a junior higher. So Caleb was was labeled kind of rebellious as a kid, which meant he had a somewhat of a mind of his own outside the IFB ways of child rearing. But Caleb was friends with my brother, so we would visit his grandpa's church, S.M. Davis's church, every year for fine arts competition, and like Caleb and my brother would hang out. He didn't come off as evil. Like honestly, he just seemed like a kind of rambunctious kid, and and like I literally I knew him when he was a kid and that would it hurt like it really hurt for me to like see him turn into an evil person who would hurt you know harm somebody else like that yeah
0: i mean in college like there's always guys like you know i when i was in college there would always be guys who were like oh i think you you, this guy seems pretty cool and then somebody tells you oh yeah that dude raped my friend and they're like okay well i guess i can't hang out with him anymore or like talk to him and that always sucks because you like you think you know somebody Yeah, Yeah. Mm.
2: and I think I was so conditioned to be wary of older pastors because growing up IFB, you never know who's going to be the next guy with a scandal. Um, This was was the first time I had to confront that this was also going to be men my age Mm. um, and and people that I knew when I was a kid. Um, So I do think it's interesting. As a sidebar, here's part one of my theory. Caleb's grandfather, S.M. Davis, is really well known within the IFB and the IBLP. He had an entire website about how to fix rebellious kids and teenagers, and he would sell these like CDs and DVD programs. Um, and it, and I will, I will link the web archive on that. It's very, um, it's both terrifying, triggering, and hilarious. It's, it's very interesting the way that he phrases it. He phrases it like an infomercial, uh, but it's about how to, you know, how to fix your kids? Um, so how to
0: beat them into submission?
2: How, yeah, uh, also how to like psychologically trick them in, into submission. It's great. Davis is also known for his teaching on courtship, like being a big courtship proponent. So I think the Duggars were probably pleased to have some of his fundy famous grand spawn hanging out on the compound with them. And it's my opinion that they would have loved to marry Jana to either Caleb or his brother Josh. But the thing is that that Caleb went to jail for that sexual assault. His brother has also been involved in some criminal activities that were not related to sexual assault. And neither one of them ended up in a courtship, Caleb or his brother. So it seems like S.M. Davis' plans did not work so well. And it's been shushed that these two are his grandchildren because they have a different last name. And I definitely feel like he has been working to hide his relationship to his two grandchildren. But anyway, I think the reason that they were there to begin with is because their granddad is IBLP famous and Jim Bob wanted to marry one of his daughters to like the son of like the grandson of a favorite famous IBLP preacher.
0: Um, So you're from say you're from a family that's all about courtship, but you are like a bit of a rebel and you've got like uh, you've got a mind of your own like not enough to leave the cult in your culture, but like, because, you know, that's all you know, you know, you, but like enough that you're going to really like raise some eyebrows. Is there sort of a rule that you don't get set up unless you are a good kid and not a rebel? Like at Hiles Anderson College, like, like what you were talking about, like the top tier of students, like the most uh, uh, in with the administration always had the better dating prospects.
2: I didn't grow up in the courtship world, so I couldn't say for sure my assumption is that if you wanted to stay within that world you would hide your rebel tendencies so that you could move on with life get into a courtship and and you would just kind of hope um from you would just kind of hope that Jesus would fix you you know as you moved along with life and that you would eventually not feel these rebellious feelings anymore it's it's my it's my opinion and my experience you either bend to the system eventually or you get out eventually like you either just surrender which is the IFB term, or give up, which would be our term. Yeah, uh, You either give up or you get out. Like eventually you can't take it one way or another.
0: So basically they were just having this guy around and it's like funding name dropping almost.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So again, this is just my theory. I feel like the Duggars thought he might be an advantageous match for one of their daughters. Yeah. However, I also suspect that Caleb was not voluntarily sent to work with Josh Duggar. I suspect that he was sent away to try to fix him for the crimes that he had been doing and to get him out of the state so that maybe he wouldn't be prosecuted.
0: Oh, wait, so they're sending Caleb to Arkansas
2: because to hang so out with the, Josh
0: Duggar to try to be like, to okay, try to Josh, i to rehab you. Yeah.
2: Because Josh Duggar got fixed by Jesus, so maybe Caleb can get fixed by Jesus too. Now, this is complete conjecture. This is only based on my opinion
0: but this is like the type of thing that that you could see them doing
2: right like caleb's sexual assault crime happened and then all of a sudden he was living with the duggars and then all of a sudden he was back in illinois and he got arrested and went to jail
0: okay well so is caleb going to show up on the next season of 19 kids and counting
2: uh rebranded to counting on but uh caleb is out of jail now i don't think he'll ever step foot on dugger property again they have deleted all pictures of him. All pictures of the Duggars are gone from his Instagram. Uh, and they have never mentioned a word about him since he got arrested in 2018. Like, they've never even acknowledged that he ever lived on their compound, hung out with their daughter, or worked for their son. Like, not a word. It's like he didn't exist. Yeah, they are. They don't want anything to do with scandal again. The end of the story is that Jana still isn't married. Uh, she stays at home. She helps her parents take care of the youngest children.
0: So some of them don't have to go off and get married and just pop out babies.
2: Other than Jana, everyone of marriageable age has gotten married and had at least one kid. Justin Duggar got engaged literally a few days before his 18th birthday, which is the youngest yet, and just seems wrong.
0: Okay, <laughs> so like that is weird and creepy, and so so they're all still in the cult.
2: So among the adult children, and I use the adult the term adult. Loosely, there is a real spectrum of how far out they have come. Some of the boys specifically are still very in. For example, Joseph and his wife, Kendra. Uh, Kendra comes from the Caldwell family, who is another fairly well-known IBOP family. Kendra and Joseph got married when Kendra was 19, and they have had pretty much back-to-back kids since then. Uh, They just had their third anniversary, and then they announced that they are expecting their third kid next year. Jesus. So they're very in. Uh, And Kendra has mentioned, like, not enjoying being pregnant. Uh, But she's doing it anyway because, you know, Jesus reasons, I suppose.
0: Hashtag save Kendra.
2: Oh, Oh, yeah. Kendra seems like a real sweetheart. Like, I feel like she's got a real sweet personality that she's hiding. And it's sad. Um, Most of the adult daughters, however, have married men who immediately slipped into a less strict way of life as soon as they were legally married. So what it looks like from the outside is that they would, like, act very strict and, like, very severe so that Jim Bob would let them marry his daughter. And then, like, as soon as the papers, as soon as the ink's dry on the marriage certificate, they cut and run. (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay so it's like the sort of thing where if you're like oh man i'm tired of living under my dad's crazy rules i'm gonna go get married to literally anybody and then just like
2: yes like let's go get pants like right now
0: give me uh uh, jeans for my wedding shower
2: yes so all of the adult daughters are still very strict christians uh most of them have been photographed in pants and several of them are more like non-denominational uh jill in particular has come a long way jill married this guy derek dillard who was originally very unpopular among the Duggar fandom because he got just like on the show, he was not portrayed well, which is interesting because as he was not portrayed well on the show, Derek has been known for some really bad and ill-informed takes about trans people. Um, I don't know if you know who Jazz Jennings is, but she's a young trans girl who has, or maybe still has, or at least had her own reality TV show.
0: I've heard the names. The name Jazz Jennings. It's uh, it's vaguely familiar.
2: Okay, so she has she has a, a show of her own. Uh, Derek attacked her on Twitter, and she was like 14 at the time, so that was a pretty bad look for Derek.
0: Yeah, cyberbullying transgender teenagers is never a good look.
2: Really not, especially if you're like a grown ass man. Yeah, um, you have
0: better things to do with your time, and and
2: yeah. So Derek. Has had don't, some. Don't
0: attack kids on Twitter. Come
2: hell, on, man. Derek has had some, some, some less than flattering moments, but he was also portrayed badly on the show. And as Derek has gotten out of the cult, total, he has also started to leak details about Jim Bob Duggar being controlling, like ways that he controls the family finances. That whole thing about like he withholds money from his adult children if they don't f- toe the party line. That is something that Derek has said. Uh, and then he's been able to bring Jill out with him quite a bit as well. Jill was the first daughter to be photographed in pants. I know she was the first to wear shorts. Uh, she was also the first Duggar to be shown with an alcoholic drink. And this was actually just a few months ago. She had a pina, uh, like a Pina Colada with dinner and she put it on Instagram and it was a big deal.
0: I honestly cannot fathom living in a world where people think twice about whether or not I have a Pina Colada
2: so, her pina colada made it onto the People Magazine website.
0: Jesus. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, Jill also recently got a nose ring and she's admitted to using birth control. So, this girl has come a long way. How uh, old is she now? Oh, let me, let me, do you want me to look it up? Let's look it up. Jill Duggar age. Researching on the fly 29.
0: 20, okay, so she's like our age.
2: Yeah, she's our age and she's been through literally so much. Okay, so. Oh. Jill is 29, Jess is 28, and Ginger is 26. So you and I would be between Jessa and Ginger in age. Oh, anyway, uh, Derek and Jill said in a recent video that they still believe that being gay or being trans is a sin. Um, So basically what they said is something that, uh, honestly, I might have said seven or eight years ago uh, along the lines of, like, I believe that God loves gay people. You know, I believe that gay people can still go to heaven, but I do think that it's a sin.
0: Okay, so something that's like not as hateful as like burn them all but right. like also not great and still low key kind of hateful and super patronizing.
2: Exactly. But but I wanted to point out this is very much something I could have said 8 years ago. This is probably something I did say 8 years ago. Uh so we're I am personally super hopeful that these these two will keep on growing.
0: It's a process. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that brings me to another question though because I like I genuinely want to know the answer to this cuz like if if I hear people talking about stuff like this like my brain immediately shuts off. It's like if I start talking about Formula 1 racing with literally anybody except for my four friends who I know who are into Formula 1 racing. But when you look at people who are watching the show like are these people who are watching the show who are like fringe Christians who are like seeing themselves represented, or are they people who are just watching because they want to make fun of these weirdos?
2: So I, I think there are both types, although maybe less French Christians, because a lot of those types of people don't have TVs. Uh, there are lots of hate work, hate watchers, and snark watchers, like people like me. Like I have a soft spot for the Duggars uh, because I identify with like their. With their background, that's something I'm familiar with. But I also still want to poke fun at the dumb things they do. And then there are also like I don't know, like cute Midwestern moms and grandmas who just think all the babies are cute because they some of the Duggar kids do make really cute babies.
0: Um, you and your story, you so you were the daughter of a pastor, so you were very much brought up in the public eye. At least you know in your congregation, like you understood from a young age that like that there's going to be a lot of eyes on you.
2: Sure. Um, Beverly Hiles called the pastor's family the goldfish bowl because she felt like somebody was always watching her.
0: Yeah, I mean, as Neil Peart would say, living on the lighted stage approaches the unreal for those who think and feel.
2: Yeah, very much so.
0: There would be pressure on you to make sure that you were acting properly at all times because of how it would reflect on your family. And I guess, you know, if your dad's a public figure, he's a pastor, he's a public figure. There's not much that you can do about this. I mean, that's just what he does for a job. But this here, like this this thing that's going on, this isn't a side effect of like the dad's career. The, what's going on here is a completely different level. Like this is orders of magnitude more famous and more scrutinized than you were. And because of their upbringing, you know, being so much like even more fringe than yours was, there is so much more pressure on these kids to act and behave and not go off the message and not embarrass anybody.
2: Yeah, these kids were effectively child stars, just like I mean, just like anybody—Macaulay Calkin or or Shirley Temple or or whatever Judy Garland.
0: I guess Jim Bob, uh, Jim Bob is like Joe Jacksoning them.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. That's that's very.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he's doing, you know, withholding them. Like, I control the money. I control what you do. I control what you say. If you do something that I don't like, you don't eat. Like,
2: Yeah, and we will see um, some of the coaching of the younger kids you can see on the show if you're watching real carefully. Like, you can see them being told to smile all the time. And, like, they have little code words for, like, you're not smiling enough and you need to smile, like, when they're on camera. And you can catch that. Uh, and you have to think about that's got to
0: be mentally ex- for a child. That's mentally exhausting.
2: Yeah, but that's something that like I many IFB it. children go through. Just like it's probably just when they're at church or like at a church function. It's just not like all the time their whole life, like the Duggars. Uh, and you do have to think though, like how much is there that we don't see? And the adult children of the Duggars, they do take a lot of flack sometimes on like the forums and the Facebook groups for like. They've never had a job, but all of them seem to kind of want to be influencers and not really work. Uh, Derek has a job, and I think Joy Anna's. Who is it? Joy Anna or Jessa that's married to Austin? Whichever one of them is married to Austin Forsyth, uh, that guy has a job. But a lot of them like don't really have real jobs. But also, like, can you really blame them? I feel like they were set up for this by their childhood.
0: Yeah, what I find unconscionable is that these literal children have been made into B tier, like child stars, simply because of who their family is and like because of the nature of their family. Like, they're literally just like almost like manufacturing more child stars. Like, if you grew up in this environment, like, and what what would you do if you want privacy? What would you do if you're 14 and you don't want to be on TV? Like you're 14 and, and you don't want like and, and you've got bad acne and you don't want anybody to see you, or you're 17 and you don't want millions of people speculating about who you're gonna get married to in a year, and you're showing up in People magazine and you're being pushed in a certain direction by your family and everyone you know. And if you go down that road, like literal armies of people. On the internet, are just going to show up and say mean things about you?
2: I think I think that you know the under eighteen duggers are probably shielded from that pretty effectively by their parents uh, because they don't have um, unfiltered internet access. The way that normal teen, they don't have phones, the way that normal teenagers would.
0: Yeah, but they've got to know.
2: Yeah, and I do try to stay in groups that don't say anything bad about. The under 18s, just the ones that are grown and have made their own stupid decisions, like sex pest. But you're right. Like these kids didn't ask to be a poster child for their religion or for their parents. Like, I, I think what you're getting at is they get all the nastiness of being child stars, but they also have to follow all these religious rules. Yeah. So that, that must be really difficult for them. Yeah,
0: sure. And like, I get that. I Like, I, but like, I mean, you may not be in, in these groups where they like, talk about like the children, anyone who's under 18, but like these groups do exist in a lot of places and people will say stuff about these kids. Like these groups will like they'll say stuff about these teenagers who have never had a single choice in their whole life.
2: Right. Um Jesus. What what sucks is like people will talk if they stay by the party line. And people will talk if they if they diverge from that. And that's a big part of why I wanted to do this episode because People need to understand that when these kids take a while to break free or when they make questionable choices, when they do get out, like there's a reason. Like I don't like what Jill and Derek have to say about LGBTQ people. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But I don't blame them. They were literally brainwashed into believing that. Now, if they just let it go 10 more years and they don't learn or grow or take any further steps to do better, uh, then I can blame them. But I can't blame them now. they are literally still deprogramming themselves, which is an incredibly hard thing to do.
0: yeah and here's here's another question right. So uh, Duggars, they got 19 kids, right? Yeah, they got 19. So what here's a question what percentage of the population is part of the LGBTQ community? like what what per like it's it's got to be like you know what 10, 20 percent, more, less I, I don't think-
2: know. I I don't know. I would. My gut says ten, but let's find out.
0: Because it's it's, it's a not it's it's a not insignificant number of people.
2: Yeah. Uh. Okay. Three point five percent of adults in the U.S. identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual. Uh, a third of a percent identify as transgender. And this is from a Williams Institute, UCLA School of Law, Williams Institute survey. Okay, about nine million Americans.
0: I mean, that's a lot of people. So that's like, so three and a half. So that's like five uh, percent is one in twenty. So there's greater than than fifty percent of fifty percent odds that mm-hmm. one of their kids is is LGBT or something right right like lgbtq like and
2: now they have almost 20 grandchildren so and
0: now they have almost so, so it's pretty much a done
2: deal that one of either their children or grandchildren are
0: yeah and so like th- that's the sort of thing where i feel so bad for these people like i know people like to snark on these people but honestly i just feel so bad for them like the like but the point is i feel like i don't know like i need to to the, the point i feel like i need to make is this so like you remember the ways that we talked about which like the First Baptist Church of Hammond would be like expected, you know, people give their whole paycheck to the church and, and, you know, some like some weeks and then they'd publicly declare that they had done so.
2: Yeah, that's the the continuation of the wedding ring story.
0: Yeah. And so like what we're talking about here is there's a story where they'd pass around the, the offering plate. It would be an I gave it all week. So you'd sign over your whole paycheck for that week and then you'd shout I gave it all to, you know peer pressured everyone around you into also signing over their whole paycheck. So what I'm trying to say is that if you are living your life very publicly in a very devout sort of way, and you decide to break from that change and do something else, that becomes more difficult than if you do it in private. So it's just like, you know, if you had terrible opinions and you tweeted them like eight years ago and somebody goes back and digs up all those tweets and then uses them against you, I mean, maybe it won't be effective. You'd be like, I said that eight years ago. I don't think that now, but it will feel massive to you. It's the nature, like the public nature of this show is another way in which they can control people. And to me, this reads basically just as like even scaling up all of these tactics that Jack Hiles was using in order to keep people under his control at first Baptist church of Hammond.
2: It's relevant because it's the same fake it till you make it expectation. Uh, the same idea that you're always supposed to be smiling and happy, the same level of control. And it's just exhibited on national TV in this way that, that seems very acceptable to people who aren't in the cult. Um, Personally, I think it's a miracle that any of the children turned out sort of normal. I guess that's, I guess that's it. That's an abbreviated version of the story of the Duggars. Uh, two episodes, we covered most of the big stuff. I wanted to throw like three things that we didn't get to, uh, which is rapid fire. Uh, let's see. Number one, Michelle left Josie in the NICU to protest at a liquor store. Uh, the Duggars once fired a gay cameraman for being gay. And the here's the the worst one of all, the worst Duggar scandal ever.
0: Okay, those first two are pretty bad.
2: They call deviled eggs yellow pocket angel eggs because they won't say the word deviled. Yellow pocket <laughs> angel. <laughs> so this is like this is a common thing. Um I've also known families who like who had a different word for root beer because they wouldn't say the word beer.
0: What did they say? Root drink?
2: Yes um and those those root people drink. and those people are listeners so hi listeners you know who you are root drink um yeah the ginger ale was ginger drink and 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 uh root beers we drink so this is like not completely uncommon but i thought you'd get a kick out of that
0: wait so if they made uh, a purple beer they would be drinking uh, a purple drink
2: i guess i don't know oh no wait i get that <laughs> 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 so um there was a Those fun little rapid fire tidbits, by the way, there's a TikTok account and I normally wouldn't promote somebody who's not me, but I love this account. It's called at tree rights, like tree rights. Um, This person is real funny and does a lot of Duggar content. Hopefully they think we're cool and decide to boost us. But no, uh, that TikTok account is super fun if you're into the Duggars. So anyway, that's all I that's what I have to talk about from the Duggars. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean I mean there is a lot to talk about there. I don't know, maybe but I, I don't know. I just find everything about this family and the way that they're famous to be so problematic.
2: This family is problematic and it's very weird because their entire fame is built on this like wholesome, perfect leave it to beaver, but with 17 extra kids image. And like, literally, that's what they're famous for, being wholesome and having a crap ton of kids. But the smallest amount of research into what they actually believe turns up just the darkest possible stuff, just terrible things to talk about and read. But I think that's just fundamentalist Christianity. Like These type of people, they tend to have dark secrets and just extremely messed up stuff below the surface.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Sadie will confirm this, is that when we were figuring out what we were going to talk about with them, like she had to explain to me so many times, like why I should care about what's going on with these people. And man, like, but th- like, there was a lot to talk about here. Like, I, I, I guess the way that you see where these people, this is basically a microcosm of fundamentalist Christianity, is is the best way to explain it. So, like, if you want what it is in a nutshell, this is what it is. I don't know what's what. What's wild to me is that you were raised in an environment that's so close to this, but you made it out and you're like a seemingly well-adjusted and reasonable person.
2: That's exactly why I thought it was one reason. I thought it was so important to talk about the Duggars because for one thing, I use them as a comparison point to my own story. The specific rules and teachings I was raised with are really, really similar, just a lot less actual child abuse. But the IFB and the IBLP are very similar in practice. The story, the story now is like about some of the Duggars getting out and some choosing to stick closer to the way that their parents are. But I can make so many analogies between myself at different phases of my own growth and these adult children and the phase of growth that they're in. Like I've done, these girls have posted on Instagram wearing jeans for the first time. I've done that. These girls have posted an Instagram wearing a sleeveless top for the first time. We're admitting that they're listening to a certain kind of music that's not approved or posting themselves with an alcoholic drink on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I've done all those things. I've been through those phases. And I think that's where I get such a warm attachment to like to these the older Duggar girls who are starting to get out.
0: Okay. That makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. And I think I'm proof that any of these people can choose to be what they want to be. Like, even if it takes them some time, they do have the ability to grow. And I'm hope it gives me like I am hopeful. Like, I am hopeful that that these people are going to keep growing. Anyway, uh, that's our deep dive into the Duggars. We will have more on Bill Gothard is the Duggars version of Jack Hiles. And we will have epi- an episode on him in the next few months. Bill Gothard is an evil, evil man. Uh, and I think it will illuminate the Duggars even more when you understand what Gothard teaches. But we'll get to that. We're going to have a bit of a break first just to do <laughs> something less dark for a while.
0: I mean, and Bill Gothard is one of the reasons why we had to talk about the Duggars because he's a major player that we've got to talk about when we talk about this cult stuff. The the Duggars are basically the best way for us to introduce people. Into-
2: I, I really did have to think really hard about whether to put authored before or after Duggars, but I think like I wouldn't necessarily know who he was. I was raised in the cult and I wouldn't even know who he was if I didn't know about the Duggars first. So I thought it would be better to lay the groundwork this way and let you see kind of the public face of this particular group. Uh, And then we can can go more into the private, like what happens behind the scenes.
0: This has been uh, the Leaving Eden podcast. You can join us on Thursday. We're going to be having a homework episode. That's going to be super fun. And then next week, we are going to be talking about music. And this is a fun announcement, is that if you like the song that is playing right now, or will be playing soon... A week from today is when that song will be released. You can download it. You can stream it. You can buy it. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, and and you can listen to it. There are whole verses. And we're going to have a whole episode where we talk all about music and our musical influences and our musical upbringings and that sort of thing. And that's really exciting to both of us. So uh, until then, uh, my this has been the Leaving Eden podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at LeavingEden.com podcast on twitter it is at leaving eden pod you can follow me on facebook instagram and twitter at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. you can send us an email leaving eden gmail.com sadie you want to plug your social
2: uh yeah you can find me on instagram at sadie carpenter music or on twitter at hell yes sadie
0: all right and until thursday we will just have to wait and then we will see you again on thursday and we'll see you again on monday Thank you. You have a nice day. Bye-bye.